1: Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes Montana. Oh. My favorite Viking, Coulter's favorite Packer, gracious, what have we gotten ourselves into? And how about arguably the greatest Bobcat player of all time who now serves as the defensive coordinator, Kane Ione? It is to tell Nuwanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you here on a Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions, or on your internets. Check us out, www. stands for World Wide Web. If you're playing along at home, it's an acronym. You don't really need to push it in anymore. Once upon a time, you did. Not anymore. Modems, boys and girls, they were a real thing at one point. 1029ESPN.com. You go listen uh, live all the time. It's called a stream. It's there thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, 329 the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. The culminating uh, uh, episode as it pertains to Coulter and myself picking our favorite players by franchise, by NFL franchise, this time we go to the NFC North where our two favorite teams reside, uh, the Packers and the Vikings respectively and then uh, also there's the Bears and some fourth team that nobody really knows about they did have one good player once, there's no question that we both picked him as our favorite player, well there is a question, there's one other guy that I think that you might have thought about, but we'll get to it Uh, but happy to do that, we're going to get through uh, these, uh, the NFC North and Our favorite players, and I'm sure it will stir a wonderful conversation uh, throughout the course of the first part of this show. It is a Wing It Wednesday. Boys and girls, the Desperado Sports Tavern, they're still open for business. You go over there, you call them up, they're going to hook you up right there at the curbside. You get yourself uh, all the great wings, all the great food that you can possibly get at the Desperado right across from the YMCA on South Russell. Uh, You know, especially on a day like today, you wake up to another bed of snow on the 15th of April. Remarkable how that works. Sometimes you just want a hot meal. That's just good. A little bit comforting. The Desperado Sports Tavern going to take care of you in that respect. We will do a little bit of trivia between Coulter and myself, and we will give away uh, some more uh, wings on uh, on the social media. So that's what we'll do there in the first hour. In the second hour, looking forward to this, Kane Ione is the subject of this week's ESPN Roundtable. He is the second-year defensive coordinator heading into his second season. Now as the defensive coordinator at Montana State. A four-time All-American safety as a player, one of the all-time great Bobcat players, one of the all-time great Big Sky Conference uh, football players in his day, and spent many years coaching at Montana State before a couple of years recently. He was actually, interestingly, on staff. With Jeff Choate in Jeff Choate's first year as a linebackers coach and assistant head coach, then went to the University of Washington, uh, where he just got a different perspective on things. He talked to us all about it, which which was great, and now has come back and is back in his second season uh, at at uh, MSU. And looking f- uh, th- this conversation that we were able to have with him uh, earlier today was was a great one. Really enjoyed our time with him. Certainly appreciated and Coulter, our first ever for air zoom interview so this is yeah this is exciting uh try and pay attention use your ears boy boys and girls and and see if you can tell who spent the money on having a nice computer and who perhaps (laughs) did not okay uh let you figure out for yourselves who went the cheap version and this is why you know you'd get something nice for yourself instead of you know paying for the cheapo stuff but in any case uh it was fun to do and we certainly appreciate him so there you go that is our uh our show today uh on a on a very nice wednesday afternoon hope everybody out there is well um Wanted to mention this, uh, because I didn't know this, and I, I don't know if, if everybody out there is privy to this, but we all understand, you know, kind of what's going on in this, this, uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and, and all of that. But uh, I saw a video yesterday, uh, Mayor John Igan, as well as the, uh, the city commissioner, uh, were together. And there is now a testing, like just a... A, a coronavirus COVID testing site that is available in Missoula at the fairgrounds, the fairgrounds exclusively. Right. Yep, and uh, you still need an appointment to go. They're only there's it's not for absolutely everybody uh, as of now. It's still for people who are who who have some symptoms of some sort. So you call in uh, and uh, and I'll get that number for you. In fact, I'll find that number and we'll we'll give it out to you. But you can call, let folks know you know what your symptoms are, and if your symptoms are you know. Of, of something that might be related to this, uh, you can go and get tested there. So that's great that there's like an exclusive spot now for that. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that that was available now uh, at the uh, at the fairgrounds. I just found this out yesterday, and Ooh. so that's a, a, a good piece of information I think is worth knowing about for yourself or for others that you might know or whatever. Uh, you can pass that information around and know that it's there, and we will get you that phone number where, where you call to, because you got to go through an initial basically phone screening in order to then arrive and, and have the test administered. So uh, just worth knowing, especially here in the community, what's going on. I want to try and help everybody out as much as we can. Yeah,
0: it's been open for just short of two weeks. I think the first couple weeks were a little bit more experimental, which is why it wasn't broad public knowledge. But I do have a lot of uh, family and friends that work in the medical industry, so they were talking about it. And I guess the first weekend they said they about a half a dozen people that got tested there, but that the tests were uh, were accurate and it was pretty fluid. And so it seems as if it's a, a good resource and I, I, I think,
1: too, when they first opened it, they were only allowing people not just that had symptoms, but that were within some demographic of of maybe the most prone vulnerable. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so and that is limited to happily, actually, a, a fairly small percentage of of the population. But now that has been expanded quite a lot to include everybody, uh, but still symptoms showing everybody. So uh, but but worth knowing that that's out there, uh, out there at the fairgrounds and, and, and again, our our continuing thanks and 8 p.m. howls to all the folks that are are uh, the professionals in the medical industry and all stripes uh, that are, uh, are continuing to care for us
0: and our health, you know, uh, as we go. Uh, we appreciate all of you very much. Two cool. things worth noting before yes. we start screaming and yelling at each other. Uh, April 15th has always been... Uh, a strangely historic day for both uh, good and tragic things. Mm. Today's the anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's death. Mm. Um, anybody that's studied that portion of history, what a tumultuous time to be alive, to be an American. And then when... Coming out uh, of the Civil War. Coming yeah. out of the Civil right. I mean, coming out of the Civil pretty War. Pretty tumultuous, and, I mean, yeah. Abraham Lincoln has, has changed the American world as we know it more than anybody at this moment. And then for him on Good Friday to get shot... By John Wilkes Booth, mm-hmm. and I mean, talk about the time that the, the country was going through. We're in a difficult time now, but imagine ever just going through a civil war and the president gets assassinated yep. on an Easter weekend—unbelievable. On a much more positive note, April fifteenth is also the anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking into the major League. So we're coming wow. up on—I uh, think eighty years. So nineteen forty-two was when Jackie Robinson right. broke in, and um, it was seventy-eight years. I, I now. think at the. The place we're at right now has always worked to be done, certainly. But I think you and I both agree one of our favorite parts of our job is the way that sports breaks down barriers, kicks down doors, and the the courage that Jackie Robinson had to to breach the color barrier in the most American of sports, particularly at the time, unbelievable. And Frank Robinson, I heard him on the radio on Will Kane Drive, a clip from him Frank, because Frank Robinson has passed away, but a clip from Frank Robinson who has then subsequently the first African-American manager in baseball mm-hmm. years later, uh, but it was an archived clip, and he said that the best advice Jackie Robinson ever gave him was the only way to beat the hate is to beat the haters on the field. And I thought that was such a good line. And uh, I think that we would both agree that sports has has toppled more racial barriers in America than any other thing. It's, it's helped with that portion of our society more than anything. And I think that especially people that work in sports now. I think we all would agree it's not even cliche to say that we're all colorblind, we just are. And I think it's one of the coolest parts about the things that we get to experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no
1: doubt, and especially where we are in the state of Montana where we still are uh, fairly monochromatic as far as it goes, though there is certainly uh, uh, some diversity in our state, but primarily it's a, you know an Anglo-Saxon group. Uh, the sports in the state, though, have brought together people and I've always found that one thing that I, I've enjoyed is is the fact that kids who have come from different uh, places mm-hmm. the thing that's been the biggest adjustment is being in Montana, not being around whatever ethnicity sure. group there is you know and so whether it's been you know African American kids coming in, Hispanic kids coming in or you know white kids coming in from other places going, okay. So this is what winners like, okay? This is what you have to adjust to. And I I think that's a lot of fun. But like you've always talked about, one of the most unique things about any, uh, especially like a football locker room, is the kids from Los Angeles, the kids from Phoenix, the kids from Texas sitting next to the kids from Colstrip and from (laughs) Bozeman and from Billings and whatever it is, and and... And kind of figuring it out together, and that is a, a very, very cool.
0: thing. And so much of of the college football that we love in Montana, so much of the roots are traced to Butte, and I think that mm-hmm. it's one of the, it's one of the most fascinating origin points because for so long, I mean, when college football started in Montana in the late 1800s, Butte was the epicenter of the state. It was one of the epicenters, one of the major metropolitan areas in the West, and as we know, as a mining boom town was incredibly diverse, more diverse than any place probably in Montana is right now. I I, I think you could pretty
1: easily say it was the most diverse, and when I say diverse, uh, diverse and sort of unified, I mean, no question it was sectored, okay? We understand that, but there was more diversity and people working together from different groups and so sort of, sort of thing, no, intermingling of than probably any state west of the or any city west of the Mississippi totally at, at
0: the time. And totally. Yeah. and Then when you take when you take an ethnicity out of it and origin yeah. point and add that into it even more diverse, because even if you have a bunch of people that are you know, Caucasian, let's say these are first generation people from completely different parts of the world, whether it would be Ireland or Eastern Europe right. or Spain or wherever it might be. But then that matriculated in, and I mean, I, I've told the story on this show before, but it's worth telling again. I mean, the first African American football player in the state of Montana, and subsequently uh, in in this region, was Charlie Jackson at Montana State, and that 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 was because he was recruited out of Butte. And then all of a sudden, you have this entire lineage of Sonny Holland and and his Butte roots, and it, it just it, it it's so cool that that is part of our mm-hmm. history. I really think that it hasn't been as big of a deal in Montana. For a lot longer than it was a big deal in a lot of other places because of a lot of the socioeconomic backgrounds yeah. that we have in the state. Shall we talk a little
1: bit about the NFC North culture? Yeah, let's talk a lot about it. Two telling the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Now, for this is the eighth day. Notably, there are eight uh, divisions in NFL football. We have gone through sed- seven of them. And today we culminate with the NFC North. By we are picking our favorite players, completely subjective favorite players by franchise Mm -hmm. throughout all of the NFL. Let's start, Coulter, with the Chicago Bears. So
0: let me let me pause for one second. So we've picked all but four of the franchises. Right. Right. Yeah. We have left our two favorite franchises for last. That's right. Is your favorite player also part of your favorite team? Yes. Okay. so your favorite player of all time. Yes. Okay. Because we were talking, you were saying this might be your favorite player ever when I was talking about Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. He's not. He's my second favorite player ever. My favorite player is also a Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So, okay, carry on. So we're I mean, start- and, and no surprise, right? I
1: mean, I think a lot of people would feel that way to some extent. But it wouldn't it obviously have to be that. I mean, well, we'll get to it when we get to Detroit, but, you know, well, one of my absolute favorite players of all time played one meaningful game in his entire career probably for for the Detroit Lions so uh, but let's start with the Chicago Bears okay who do you got my favorite bear of all time again this goes back this is right in the roots of my earliest football memories but it's Mike Singletary that's great Mike, first of all, the Chicago Bears, we know, like when you think of Chicago and the Bears, what do you think of linebackers? I mean, the lineage of linebackers (coughs) in Chicago. So I think it's, you know, worth, you know, picking a linebacker out of there. But I'll forever remember the saucers staring back at me on the low angle cameras, you know, which was, in fact, staring at a quarterback over the line of scrimmage, peering out of the helmet and, you know, undersized six feet, 230 pounds, not a big guy, even, you know, 30 years ago 35 years ago whatever it is and the way he played the emphatic nature with which he played uh it was again i mean the the energy was palpable when when mike singletary was on the field also Everybody knows about the '85 Bears and they went on to win the Super Bowl and everything like this. But I, I didn't, as I was trying, you know, preparing for this, I didn't realize this. You ready for this, Coulter? Mm-hmm. In their Super Bowl run in the playoffs, yep. They they beat New England 46 to 10 in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Okay, I think mm-hmm. they'll remember that. You know how many points they allowed in the entire playoffs? Didn't they allow like less than 100 points the whole year? I mean, that would not surprise me at all in the whole tell playoffs. Me, tell though, me how many. Ten, I, I they shut out. I, you could have told me zero, and I would have believed the you. Giants twenty-one nothing in the divisional round, and they shut out the Rams twenty-six nothing in the NFC Championship game, and still the the biggest margin of victory was still in the Super Bowl, which they won by thirty-six points, but did allow the ten points in the Super Bowl. So, uh, th- you know, again, we know that it it wasn't all Mike Singletary, of course, on, on that defense. It never is, but he was central, especially at a time when. I mean, I think you could argue that linebacker at that time was perceived as the most important, not the least important, of the defensive positions on the field, and he was their best player. And, I mean, he, so he he has always stuck with me for the Bears. And there's a, there's a number of Bears that I like, especially a lot of defensive. I mean, Peanut Tillman is a guy who I just love. Brian Erlacher is, as, you know, as good as it gets. Bert Lance Briggs and so on and so forth. Go back to Mike Ditka, of course, and and uh, Dick Buckus.
0: But, but I'll go with Mike Singletary. Those... That 1985 Chicago Bears defense, what well, yeah. they regards as the greatest defense of all time, they mm-hmm. gave up 10 or less points 10 times during that season. They actually did give up really lofty point totals twice, which is totally random. Like to Miami, I they, think? They lost, yeah. Their one they, loss of that year was to Miami. They lost yeah. 38-24. Also, though, in their season opener, they gave up – 28 points to the hapless Tampa Bay Buccaneers but they scored 38. Well, it, other than that it's I, like I 7, think 10, the Mi- nine. that Miami game was right towards the end of the year. I don't know if it was the last game. It was the uh, it was week 13. Okay. So first week of December but it was in the Orange Bowl and and that was the one where they, they were, they they were just, trying to hold on to the Dolphins. They they, they, run, they right? were
1: they were dialed in. They were going to go undefeated. They were going to do the thing, and then all of a sudden, this weird like the anomaly jumped up and right. got them. You know. Right. So
0: anyway, yeah, totally. Uh, you'll love my favorite. Chicago okay. Hair. All right. Who is it? Steve Mongo McMichael. Steve McMichael. Steve <laughs> McMichael. Mongo baby. Steve McMichael is absolutely one of the great characters ever in all of pro sports, sports entertainment, Uh anything. I mean, I'm actually surprised given Steve McMichael's career numbers. 95 sacks as a true nose tackle. That's outstanding. That is. I mean, that's on par with Warren Sapp. He's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, He was a four-time first-team All-Pro, a three-time second-team All-Pro, and he was the anchor in the middle of that defensive Mm -hmm. line for that 85 Chicago Bears. But the reason I became so... uh, I I didn't know that Steve McMichael – I wasn't born in 1985. I was not born until 1987. So I did not remember Steve McMichael really as a football player except for towards the end of his career, he became full frontal for me when he was wrestling in the Worldwide Wrestling oh, Federation. Boy. And he's part of the... I, me- I never forget when Lawrence Taylor, who at the time was my absolute hero, my yeah. favorite guy. What do you mean, at the time? Well, he's still... I mean, it's hard to make to deem Lawrence Taylor a hero given the way his personal life has gone. He, yeah. he is definitely a heroic football player. Fair enough. Everything else, oh, <laughs> I'm not so sure. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Lawrence Taylor wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania. And Steve McMichael, he had just retired. He made this guest appearance. Well, then all of a sudden... And I didn't. I didn't really know who that was. My dad's like, it's Mongo McMichael, and then all of a sudden he's in the Four Horsemen with Ric Flair, and anybody that knows about Ric Flair knows that Ric Flair's the funniest person of all time. And when you have Mongo McMichael, you know, all 295 pounds of him yeah. strutting out there with his 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 big old D tackle gut and his long hair, and <laughs> and then he got into film and he was in a lot of different movies, and so he became like this crossover. Guy, I mean, he he actually, honestly, he stayed relevant longer than any of those other Chicago Bears did, with the exception of probably Singletary. Yeah, because Singletary got into coaching. Got his
1: coaching career, right, right? But
0: I mean, Richard Dent disappeared from the face of the earth. Re- Refrigerator Perry, nowhere he's, to be found. He's,
1: uh, he's he's laying bricks in Mississippi. Right. According I mean, to the thirty for Walter 30,
0: Payton, right? you know, tragically died very young. Mm-hmm. Jim McMahon tragically lost his his marbles. So I mean, we have. It's uh that that defense and that team has more memorable characters than maybe any team in NFL history. I mean, you have guys that were truly pop culture icons while also being star Hall of Fame level football players. But I think Steve Mongo Michael he's got the 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 most breadth in the way that he stretched his his fame and his personality. Best bear of all time, not in question, it's right? Sweetness, yeah. No question. I mean Walter Payton's one of the five best football players of all time, right? I mean, I don't know. I never know how it's to It's really hard those when, when you go by positions and stuff like that, but yeah. in terms of, of reverence among guys who played the game, I think that there I mean there's only two guys that no one ever argues against, right? It's Walter Payton and Jerry Rice. Those are the two guys that Yeah, I mean, I would say I would
1: say that the, the greatest running back of all time is a is up for debate and it's up for debate between two dudes. It's two dudes that are on this list: Walter and, Payton and, and Barry the guy Sanders. You were gonna say is your favorite line? No question. I mean, why, why, why hide it? But, um, yeah, Walter Payton. Uh, I mean, two very different styles, right? Walter Payton. They both had the speed, but but it was the agility, the burst, the elusiveness of Barry Sanders, and it was just the straight power and see you later of of Walter Payton. But yeah, he's he's the greatest bear. There's no. question.
0: Have you read? Probably not. I should actually give you this during quarantine because you would crush this book. So right. it's called Sweetness by Jeff Perlman. Mm. Man, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, Walter Payton. He's an unbelievable person.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's called the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award that that's given has right. nothing to do with what you do on the field. It's only to do with right. with what your community well, give back. And, is that, and that's
0: why Walter Payton was he's such a fascinating person because he was unbelievably gifted. No question. He's unbelievably driven. Everybody knows that. He was unbelievably giving, generous. That's why the ward's named after him. But he's also so unbelievably tortured. Yeah. I, going through the narrative of his life, I'm not sure he ever slept in the 47 years that he was <laughs> alive. I really don't. I mean, the guy was either training or thinking or inspiring or dwelling on the problems of the world. I mean, he is just. Such a fascinating character. Yeah. They, they interview his son prevalently throughout it, and Jarrett Payton. He talks so much about how blessed he felt to be Walter Payton's dad, but also son, or son, excuse yeah. me, but also just what a crazy experience. Yeah. How do I ever live up to this? You know, it's almost as if he's a, a larger than a father figure in his life. It's yeah. just so crazy to be connected to that person. So, I I agree though. He's the greatest bear of all time
1: to tell nuanas 1029 ESPN radio K Coulter favorite line now you already know mine and I I you know you could get out there with, there there are a couple of lions that I love one of my personal favorites is Ziggy Ans I've always loved Ziggy Ooh, from Ziggy's the day that he was he was drafted uh just such a specimen and and guys who like guys who've never played football in their life you know he's from I think Ghana is it Ghana or Gavin Africa mm, which country I thought he
0: was from an island
1: no, he's, from, he's he from, from Haiti. No, 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 no. I don't think so. He's from, I believe he is from Africa. But anyway, plays like a a couple years. Yeah, he's at, from. he's from Ghana. You're right. Oh, okay, from Ghana. A couple years at BYU, of all places, and then drafted, I think, number five overall by the Lions. Just, just a complete specimen in every way so I've, I've
0: always rooted for for uh ziggy Anza. yeah and then, one year as a starter in college then he goes to the combine checks in at a cool 6'6, 275 10 and a half inch hands what four six three in the 40 35 inch vertical i mean just, unbelievable athlete
1: yeah yeah and uh and he's still playing, and, and he's played actually at a high level at a couple different times. He's had some injuries, and that the other guy, you know, is of course Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin Johnson oh, yeah. is uh, he's he's awesome. And what what I love about both Calvin Johnson, but Barry Sanders, who is my favorite player, they're, I mean, you could call it workmanlike, but there. I mean, there's humility, and then there's humility, right? And you, d- if you want to look for, you want to find humble people, don't go to professional sports, okay? That's not the place to find it, but truly like two guys who you know it was never about them per se it wasn't about you know anything other than showing up and doing your job to the best of your ability and Barry Sanders uh is is my favorite line here's the thing about Barry to me that's that's just so crazy first of all this is well known right but he hangs it up uh just a hundred and some yards away from being, excuse me, 1,450 yards away, but basically a seasons where he averaged 1,500 yards, over 1,500 yards every season that he played. That was his average. I mean, that's that's the high water mark for most outstanding running backs in a given season that they play. He, uh, uh, was 1,457 yards short of, of breaking the record. Of Walter Payton's record. Of Walter Payton's record. But here's the other thing. and He he was as good as he'd ever been, As had never really been injured in a serious he had, way. He rushed for 2,000 yards two years before he retired. That's right. And doing it, by the way, not behind the greatest line in the world, not with the greatest passing game in the world where everybody knew that it was coming. By the way, Walter Payton, the same story. I mean, it's not like, you know, okay, Jim McMahon's, Oh he's fine, he's good, but he's you know, everybody knows it's Walter Payton's show. Everybody knows it's Barry Sanders' show. And I liken him to Michael Jordan in just this respect. Everybody looks at Michael Jordan's numbers. He's not the I think Michael Jordan's third or fourth all time scoring. He's third Dol third, right?
0: Jabbar, Carl Blood
1: ahead of him. And and, and 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 they're quite a ways out ahead of him. Yep, but you so talk about the six championships and everything, this, that and the other. But he also didn't play basketball for two years that were the center-cut piece of his prime. And, you know, who knows what happens, and maybe he gets run down, maybe he came back, re-energized, went longer than he would otherwise. I don't know how you want to talk about it. All I know is that in 94 and 95, when he was not playing in the NBA, he would have racked up gaudy numbers that are not part of his legacy. Barry Sanders, if he plays two, three more years, he's putting numbers out there that are never, ever, ever going to be tracked down. And and he chose not to because he decided that he was done because this is what Detroit does to people, you know, and uh, uh, the same thing with Calvin Johnson. So but, you know, again, the the ultimate sportsman gentleman carried himself in such a a respectable and gracious way, which we just don't see. And look, I mean, I like I like guys who talk too. I take them all. But I, I love a guy like Barry Sanders and they're rare. Guys like Barry Sanders, not just the ability, obviously, which is singular, but the the type of guy that he was, so he's my favorite line.
0: Barry Sanders was so great that his NFL career was so great that he made people forget that he had the greatest single season in the history of college football his senior year at Oklahoma State. Right. People don't even talk about it because they talk about how crazy he was in the NFL. In the league. Barry Sanders' senior year at Oklahoma State is unquestionably the best college football season of all time. He rushed for almost 2,900 yards and scored 42 touchdowns. He averaged 247 I mean, yards mean, game. did he score a touchdown
1: on his first touch on a kickoff? Absolutely. Like Open kickoff I mean, of the season? He,
0: he, he averaged 240 yards per game. Think of that. Average 240 a game. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's uh he's 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 the best. To localize this story, Jerry Louie McGee, favorite of ours, sure is slot receiver the last four years, all time leader in University of Montana history and catches. Jerry's dad played his last year at Oklahoma State. He played at a junior college mm. in Oklahoma and then ended up playing at Oklahoma State. I don't think he played much, but Oh, he's on the roster. And he was on the roster when Barry Sanders did that. So listen, this didn't even make the story I wrote about Jerry last year, but that was actually probably most of the interview. Because I was like, wait, so tell me more stories about your dad (laughs) that your dad's got about Barry Sanders. (laughs) But it's awesome to think of that, though, because then Jerry talked about how he watched Barry Sanders' videos his whole life growing Mm -hmm. up because his dad was showing them to him. When you watch Jerry Louis McGee, what's he look that's, like? That's he the, looks like Barry that's Sanders.
1: Right. Yep, the always turning it back to the inside, but nobody really knows where you're going and operating the phone. Uh, pretty I, good second-round pick. I know that everybody
0: there. out there has watched Barry Sanders' videos before. I'm sure you have. They're easy to find. But I know you're sitting at home board right now. So just type it into the Google and just watch Yeah. Because even if you've seen it, you're going to laugh out loud. Some of the stuff he does, it defies belief. There's no one that's ever been like Barry Sanders. You know what this is a great time to do, too, is I'm I'm tired of highlights.
1: Go watch a game. Go sit down and watch it develop in the way that it happens. And within the flow of what's going on, you go, He's you know, end of the first quarter, Barry Sanders might have a negative 18 yards rushing. And then at halftime, he's at 88 yards and two scores. You know, that's 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 how he did it. He broke the door down when he went, he was gone. All right.
0: Who who my who's favorite, favorite I love Barry Sanders, no yes. question. I also like uh Calvin Johnson, Herman Moore. I, I was always mm. liked Herman Moore. Um I waffled up between my two favorite Lions just because I know two guys that played for the Lions, Casey Fitzsimmons who's a Chester Montana kid okay. who played at Carroll College. Yeah. And then I think he's the only guy ever from Carroll. I don't actually know if he did get drafted or not, but he went to the NFL from Carroll College. So, I mean, what a route. Chester Montana to Carroll College and Helena, Montana to the Detroit Lions. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I went with Miles Killabrew Okay. When we yeah. first started Skyline sure. Sports, and we were trying to do the all-big-sky angle, uh, you know, we knew we had sources in the state of Montana, but we really needed to get some other sources and it's why I become close with Bruce Barnum because Portland State that year was good, and Barnum was a first-year head coach, and he was loving the coverage, so he'd always, you know, come on the podcast and hop on with us whenever. But uh, Miles Kilbourn, after the first time I ever interviewed him, he said, "Man, that was so fun." He said, "Here's my personal cell phone number; call me anytime." So I probably had Miles Kilbourn on Stars of the Big Sky <laughs> like ten times. <laughs> right. But what a great story too! I mean, the kid goes from completely unrecruited out of Las Vegas, Nevada, goes to Southern Utah, becomes absolutely one of the great physical freaks mm-hmm. that the fcs has ever seen yep and is a third round draft pick by the detroit lions and he just got to re up this last off season and you know, he's not just a fringe practice squad guy like, oh he's, no he's he is a making big money big time safety every and down so, start I mean, he's, yep. he's a he's a very very good player but also just a really great kid
1: it's two telling one one of two nine espn radio all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back we're gonna finish this thing off with the vikings and the packers our favorite players of all time there's two left there are two favorite teams we'll do it next
2: Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
1: Dr. Fauci's an outstanding physician, but I think he's very right in his uh, sports assessment, too. There would be plenty of interest <laughs> for viewers on television, even if there's no fans in the No uh, doubt. Gosh, in we, the could arena. Do,
0: we could do a whole radio show on analyzing all of this, but we won't. One note, though, worth mentioning here, though, is that President Donald Trump, he said Tuesday that he's including figures from the sports world in his... Um, Get America Back Running campaign, basically. Uh, But included in it is NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, and Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. So the professional sports dignitaries are, uh, at the very least, lobbying the president for... Well, we don't know what for. We don't know what for. I I should say, at the very least, advising. Maybe not lobbying for. Maybe at the most, lobbying for. Um,
1: Coulter, we've got two teams left to do. Indeed we do. Ladies first. Let's do the Green Bay Packers, okay? The favorite Green Bay Packer of all time, and I mean, if there isn't just a list that's as eternal as everything.
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. I think that the list, although there's been a lot of great Packers, is very defined when it comes to the Packers.
1: The greatest Packer of all time, my favorite Packer of all time, my favorite player of all time, and perhaps my favorite person of all time, is Brett Favre. It's good. There's no reason for me to dance around this and build the thing up. He is as good as it gets. As you know, he was traded out. He was drafted by the Falcons. The Falcons traded him away in the only trade that was worse than trading Babe Ruth from the Red Sox to the Yankees. He goes to the Green Bay Packers in 1992. They did get a first-round pick out of it, by the way. He started from the fourth game in 1992 – Every game through 2007, I mean, that's not even possible that a person pulls that off, specifically a quarterback. 297 consecutive starts, 321 consecutive starts, inclu- if you include the playoff games that he was in. 11 Pro Bowls, and are you ready for this? He's the only player in history that went back to back to back MVPs. Three-time MVP straight from ninety-five to ninety-seven, including one of six players to be the MVP that also won a Super Bowl in the year that they were the MVP. That's the kiss of death, right? To win the MVP and never end up winning the Super Bowl when you are the MVP. Right? But Brett Favre did do that. Uh, but all like all the numbers and everything. Oh, by the way, this is this is what I love. Okay, all-time career leader in pass attempts, interceptions, consecutive starts, most time sacked most fumbles he at the time of his retirement he was also the leader in passing yards passing touchdowns and wins by a quarterback those three have all been eclipsed by peyton manning and now drew Brees as well on that list but you every good and bad stat that you can possibly have he's got the gunslinger i mean it's as good as it gets and the but but all of that People, I mean, maybe they remember. But the Packers were not good for a long, a long period time. of time. Right. And sometimes all it takes is one. And it was it was Brett Favre and his quote-unquote durability, but really toughness, but also the mentality that he played with, the joy that he brought to the whole thing, the fact that maybe his favorite opponent was Warren Sapp, the very guy that was out there to completely eliminate him, you know. And what he did for i mean if you don't if you if you don't get it man you just can't understand what the green bay packers mean to the state of wisconsin and and to the region that they play in i mean it is it is all and everything in the state of wisconsin at large and certainly in a place like green bay which has more fans in the stadium on sunday than there are in the city of the uh, you know of green bay generally it is a remarkable thing it's one of the great towns we know all about that and he is my favorite player and will probably always be that i mean i, I just love brett Favre. so there you go that's my green
0: bay packer yeah i mean it's easy it's brett Favre. i love brett Favre. that's who you're that's yours oh, I've too i always love brett Favre. I, yeah i love brett Favre as a packer as a viking not so much as a new york jet honestly but uh, other than that I always been into, into Brett Favre. you know Reggie
1: White is on this list for me Aaron Rodgers is on this list for me Donald Driver is on this list for me like there's a lot of guys uh that 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 I thought were great players that I've loved watching that I've rooted for and all of that but nobody nobody has the charisma and the personality and the draw you in feature that Brett Favre has Total, so that's I mean, why Brett
0: Favre is he's the He's the hero of every man, right? I mean, he's the ultimate every man. That's right. He's also has like these superhero abilities because he has, I mean, arguably one of, if not the greatest arm in the history of the league, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's the greatest, but it's. There's not a lot
0: better. I'll tell you that. Used it in a, in a more, uh, let's say, risky fashion than maybe anybody. I mean,
1: just the the
0: You know, you said this. Bef- you've said this in
1: a quasi defense of Jameis Winston, and there is a level at which I believe. But there's not everybody that can throw 30 interceptions in a year. Why? Well, first of all, you know, most quarterbacks can see. But the other reason is is that, you know, most quarterbacks get gun shy. Like they don't want to make totally. the mistake. And for 20 years. Brett Favre not just he didn't not that he didn't care, but was willing to take the risk for the glory that it might have. And I mean, you talk about the Oakland game on the night, you know, uh the couple days after his father had passed. You talk about the the uh uh you know, game winning uh I don't know, eighty five yard touchdown and overtime against the Broncos on a Monday night football. And also you talk about taking a team that was title town and living in the old days in Green Bay and returning them to, you know, nineteen ninety seven. Super Bowl and back to a second Super Bowl, by the way, which they lost the following year to Denver. Uh, it's, you know, it's as good as it gets for a Packer fan. Is
0: Favre the greatest Packer of all time?
1: Like the bet? Well, I mean, yes. He, he is? is. He is. He's not better than Aaron Rodgers
0: as a player, but he no, is the
1: greatest Packer what about of all Bart,
0: time. Bart Starr. Bart, it, Bart Starr probably tarnished his legacy by his failures as a coach, right? No, no. I don't think so at all.
1: I think Bart Starr. I think that. I think Dude, that the, the generation. Packer, right? Well, there's there's reason to think that's true. Yes, but I mean, Bart Starr, did he won. Is it three Super Bowls? Right with with the Two. Packers. Two. Okay. Anyway, he he. Anybody that played, honestly, in the 70s and earlier, just. There, there's a certain different category that you're in. Now, there's certain guys, I mean, we talked about yesterday, Deacon Jones, right, where where the what they did and what they meant to the game is still palpable. Guys like Frank Gifford, who, but his legacy is, I think, more in the booth than it is on the field in a lot of ways. There, There's great players all the way through, but it's, it's a completely different sport now. I mean, Certainly. you're not, you know, you're not just changing into your pads on the sidelines to run out there on the field. And then in the offseason, you go back to your job as a construction worker. You know, it's that doesn't exist anymore. And so, I mean, Bart Starr is obviously a, a ring of honor all-time Hall of Fame Packer. But Brett Favre is the greatest Packer of all time.
0: All right, no Minnesota argument.
1: Vikings. It's easy. I know who you're going to – My I favorite
0: know. football player of all time. <laughs> Perhaps my favorite <laughs> character of any – Story or sport or entertainment or anything, it's John Randall. Because he's WWF
1: on the football field. He's WWF for you real. You couldn't
0: create a WWF character better than John yeah. Randall. He yeah. is the greatest character. Yeah. I mean, the guy is is not big at all. Mm-hmm. He's right. like 6'1", 245 pounds. He's one of the greatest defensive tackles yep. in the history of the yep. league. Yep. He's a normal-sized guy, and he, he had 130 sacks because he's insane. He's an insane <laughs> person. John Randall of Football Life is one of the great documentaries that's been produced a biopic on people. I mean, he is his his level of intimidation, both through pure aggressiveness, but also completely off the wall, wild man, Mm -hmm. almost comedy. Mm -hmm. He, He really I think he mentally manipulated his opponent more than any other defensive player in the history of the league. And he's also an incredibly powerful guy. And his story is unbelievable. And I just I thought that he was just I thought he was it when it when I was a kid, man. He is he is as good as it gets. He's just so funny, so entertaining, and he just never knew what he was gonna do next.
1: Uh John Randall's a great one. I also love john randall i I mean i think you're crazy not to love john randall the what what he was how he played and the way that he did it doing you know before they were really doing the visor thing he comes out with the big face mask thing and it wasn't you know for some guys you think it's a show and for him it was just the way of life you know it was is so good there's a lot of guys who i do like that were vikings randy moss obviously uh Uh, uh, you know, Chris Carter is there to some extent. Adrian Peterson as well. Uh, Jared A- Allen. I love Jared I Allen.
0: All my favorite football players. So,
1: so you know, they, there's yeah, plenty. Good taste.
0: Yeah, well, I mean,
1: touche. But my absolute favorite, number one Minnesota Viking of all time, hands down, Brett Favre. Oh, man. Brett Favre is the greatest Viking to ever play. Did you know this when Brett Favre retired, Coulter? when he retired? All-time leader in receptions, attempts, interceptions, thrown, starts, sacks, fumbles, wins, touchdowns, and uh, consecutive games started. you know that? I mean, he's the greatest Viking to ever play. Brett Favre. I, I, well, My favorite Viking.
0: I, I think that uh, Brett Favre is far down the list of greatest Vikings of all time. Um, the greatest Viking of all time is Fran Tarkington.
1: Uh, he did now I'm not gonna disagree with your statement there, but who was who was who was taking the Vikings further than Brett Favre, Fran Tarkett did to the Super Bowls. But Brett Favre went to an NFC championship game for crying out loud, which is pretty good. I mean that was uh that game, wow. I'll tell you what. Not every day that the defensive coordinator and the head coach get suspended for a year based on basically one game, and that was a heck of a deal. And by the way, for him to seal the deal with a throw it back across the middle interception on the on the one throw that everybody everybody watching goes, No, 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 don't do it. We've seen this too many times, especially Packer fans. Even though there was a certain amount of glee in it because he's wearing this different jersey on, beautiful. Stutel nuance one oh two nine ESPN radio. There you have it. My favorite player is the best player for two different teams, his team and his arrival team. How how about that? Boys and girls, let's do a little wing it Wednesday. We got some trivia. Coulter and I are going to do some trivia. We're going to give away some wings on the social medias at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN. The Desperado Sports Tavern, they're open for business. We're going to tell you where to get it, how to get it, and uh, do have a little bit of fun right after this. I have done no trivia play.
2: At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more gray jane was a river child born down by the river wild said hey what i want to be nobody's gonna intervene
1: you want some wings to the desperado sports tavern of course you do well we got them for you send them to you in the mail. You won't even have to do anything. It'll just show up. It'll be like Christmas Day. We will uh, give those away at the end of this segment. We'll tell you how. By the way, we talked a lot about this when we first got in here, but it is worth noting again, Coulter and I in our brand new studios, very happy to be in here. More stuff getting done each and every day. You are welcome. Tommy has been Working furiously for, what, two months more? Just about, two months. Trying to get hours, but also the trail and U1045 and Jack Studios all put together. Sweet setup that there is in here.
0: Thanks, man. It's a lot of fun um, to uh
1: never sleep and make you try to look pretty. And one day we'll have fun. Now, you don't have to work that hard, for crying out loud. I mean, just, you know, let me just be here. I'm beautiful.
0: That's it. It's not a lot of it takes work. takes a lot of work for not a lot, lot of, of people to make you look... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> semi-palatable, Ryan. Um, yeah, we're working on phones. I've got uh, a number of great minds coming in at 9 a.m. on Friday with me to resolve the phone situation once and for all. You know, the problem is buying brand new technology means that there isn't a plethora of information on how to make it work on the YouTubes and et cetera.
1: It's ironic because people are like, well, I thought I thought the phone technology had been here a minute, but it's not really just as simple as people ever think, is it? Is yeah, it that's right. That's um, right. All right, so here we go, Coulter. I got a trivia question for you. I know, I know you got one from me. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this. Here's my question for you, okay? You're going to have to, you know, make a list, so you might want to get it out because you're going to have to write them down so you make sure you tick them off. Name every Major League Baseball team okay. that has won a World Series in the last decade. So twenty every Major League Baseball From 2010 team. through 2019, that's 10 of them. Okay, he's got to go for the pen because when he checks them off, he wants to make sure they're good. Now, it does be clear, there's not going to be 10 teams, right? Okay, because some teams have won maybe more than one. But I want to hear every team since 2010, because we always talk about this, right? When he's like, hey, who's the team that lost the World Series last year? And everybody just goes, geez, I don't even remember. what Did that even happen? I don't even know what was going on. It's so Nationals, Astros. If you're wondering, the Nats won. But uh, so I will give you that. You man, I hope I didn't give one away. Were you going to remember that the
0: Nationals? I was going to remember the Nationals.
1: Okay. Uh, so the Nationals were last year. So go ahead, give me from 2010 to uh, through the Nats last year. Every team that's won okay, a World the Series. The Nationals. Yes. The Dodgers. Uh, no, sir. The Los Angeles Dodgers have mm. not won a World Series. Bummer, they've, they've lost, lost a, bunch a couple. Of
0: them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shout out Riley Corcoran. The Astros.
1: <laughs> the Astros won a very Asterixy World Series in twenty seventeen. The Royals. The Kansas City Royals did win. Who you know, if you're gonna identify Bo Jackson, he's a Royal. Let's be honest. That's it. Okay, twenty fifteen, the Royals. Oh man. This is the Chicago
0: Cubs. The Cubs
1: won one for crying out loud in twenty sixteen. Absolutely the Chicago Cubs. The Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox, are you ready? I'd be happy about this. They have one two. Yeah, they did. 2013 and 2018 for the Boston
0: Red Sox. So give me the numbers. 2019 so, for the Nationals, 2016 for the Cubs. Let
1: me tell you something. 2017 for the Astros? 20, uh, 2015 for the, oh, 2017 for the Astros, Yes, That's
0: 2015 for the Royals.
1: That's right. So you have them all from 2015 yeah. through 2019, and you have the 2013 Red Sox. We're looking for 2010 through 2012 and 2014. I have a hint for you. It's not even a hint. It's St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals won in 2011. And you're looking for three
0: more World Series and one team. Three World Series, one team. So 2010, 2012, 2014, the San Francisco Giants. The
1: Giants won all three. That's right. That was the ongoing thing that they were going to win every even-year World Series with Bruce Bochy and uh, Mad Bum Mad out there dog. getting it done. So uh, very good. You got you got there. So what is it? Is that seven teams in total that have won World seven Series teams, in yeah. the last ten years? Two for the uh, Red Sox, three for the uh, Giants, and then one for everybody else mentioned. Very good, Coulter. Excellent
0: work. Okay, <laughs> you're gonna hate my question. Well, shocker. In the, I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase the. The filter I'm going to give you on this. Okay. My question is about the single season record in baseball for triples in a season. Okay. No, this is bad. This is a bad. There's question. no way that you would get any of the players in the top 25 in single season triples because they're because all triples used to be a big thing. and they and all are from the 1800s and early 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> but so let's say let's call it the uh, the the post. Um, let's call it the post World War II era, or even just the modern era. Okay. Uh, let's, let's even take it further than that. What's the most triples in a single season by an individual player in the 21st century?
1: In the 21st century.
0: In the 21st century. Um, Happened in 2007.
1: So that's after Ricky Henderson.
0: After Ricky Henderson.
1: Who? Man, who had?
0: some wheels that was hitting triples. 2007, the uh, leadoff hitter for the Detroit Tigers. Mm. He went on to then play for both New York franchises as well as the Mets, the Dodgers, and the uh, Brewers and the Marlins. I didn't know the last two. No, I don't know. I'm not going to waste the people's time on this, Colter. Curtis Granderson. Mm. He hit 23 triples in 2007. That is tied for the 22nd most of all time. I was going through uh, hilarious MVP seasons last night in baseball history. Yeah. I would say that Ty Cobb's 1911. Ty Cobb's 1911. Has the quarantine
1: changed your life even a little bit, like at all?
0: Oh, man.
1: Like, you're free to go anywhere. What are you going to do? Now I'm going to go through some MVP seasons of baseball. See ya.
0: This is what I do while I'm working. I don't know. It's weird. Ty Cobb, 1911. greatest MVP stat line. It's hilarious. Laugh out loud. He had 248 hits, which at the time was the Major League Baseball record. Yes. He hit 419 that year with a 566 on base percentage and a 620 slugging percentage. He struck out just 42 times and walked just 44 times. Ready for his real numbers, though? Yes. This guy hit 57 doubles, 24 triples, eight home runs, and drove in 137 runs while also stealing 83 bases. So he hit he hit what four nineteen? Four nineteen. He hit eight home runs and had, drove in hundred and thirty seven runs. Think about how anomalous that stat line is for today's day. Co-
1: completely. Well, and and to hit to hit four nineteen with that many extra base like well, not really homers, but doubles and triples. I mean, that's all that's that's not just not really swinging. I mean, that's getting out there, he had ninety and extra punishing. base. He had right.
0: ninety extra base hits. I mean, he slugged six twenty. Well, hitting four nineteen, that's absurd. Yes, it's it ab- is. It's absurd. Yes, it is. 148 runs scored. It's, it's just too good. 367 total bases. You can just go on and on. It's one of the most, You if you show that, it's it's so anomalous now, but if you show that to somebody in 200 years, they really just be like, what?
1: Yeah, How? Not
0: possible. Not possible. Uh, it is Tutel and Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN
1: Radio, so here's what's the deal. Go onto your Twitter, at Gus tell. follow there, at 1029 ESPN, follow there. We will be giving away a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern as soon as we go to this break. We're going to do it right now. First people to respond are going to get them. By the way, the Desperado, they are open for business. They're over there on South Russell right across the street from the YMCA. You call this phone number, 549-9651. You ready for that again? Okay, for the Desperado, 549-9651. Everything to go. Ready to go? A hot meal for you. Great burgers, great steaks. At really, truly, like they. It's not. You, you think I'm lying to you? I've, I've had plenty of steaks and burgers at Desperado to speak to you about this. Okay, five four nine nine six five one. You go pick it up to go, and obviously, the best wings in the city of Missoula, according to you, the uh, the buying and tasting public. Dollar off burgers for as long as this quarantine lasts as well. So it's a great deal. Call the Desperado right now uh, across the YMCA front on South Russell and get your to-go orders. Don't worry about dinner tonight, tomorrow, whatever it is. Get it all taken care of by them down there. 549-9651. On the other side, our ESPN roundtable with the defensive coordinator of the Montana State Bobcats, Kane Ion. Boy, some chicken wings had really hit the spot. Hey, tell
2: Tell me likey, tell me want wingy